Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Welcome, folks. I hope you've had a great week. We we are having a great week here. It is phenomenal, uh, weather-wise. It is great. I got to start the show talking about the weather, folks. I mean, it's beautiful. And as always, I hope it's great where you are. I really do. I I, I you know, I mean, if we're having great weather in the city of Chicago, and this is a great city, no matter despite what you hear in the news and uh, some of those things about crime can be true. Uh, we're going to talk about some of that later. All right. Yeah, yes. And I want to say to my guest, Annette Round. Yeah, she's going to hopefully be. <laughs> hopefully be. You never know. You never know. You really never know. But, um, yeah, uh, we're going to uh, 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 we're going to have her on the show and, and uh, some more interesting guests as the uh, as the week progresses. And it's a great week. It's a great week. You know. Okay. You welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Always follow this show. You know, it's one of the best shows around, if not the best. So you know, give us a shout out. Or something, you know. And you know, if you're listening to the show and you like the show, tell other folks about it. Tell other people about it. Tell them you know the know of this show, the George Wilder Jr. show. So, folks, I've been around uh, almost three years now on the show, and uh, you know, it, it it never gets old. It, it it only gets better. We we always try to add a little bit more sugar to the show as the uh, as it goes on. So, you know, it never gets old. It's always Exciting for me to do the show. Always exciting for me to come on the air and, uh, you know, talk about what I know, what we know, what we should know. And I always say, do not be depressed. I don't want my listeners being depressed. I don't want my listeners feel feeling lonely. I talked about this yesterday. You can always podcast yesterday's show to find out uh, what I've, what I've uh, said on these two subjects, uh, loneliness and depression. And it's, it's Pretty powerful. It's, I'm not just saying that because I, uh, I'm the one who's talking about this, but there, a lot of people are talking about it. But my, but my take on it is pretty powerful. Uh, there was no guest on the show yesterday. Um, somehow, I, I think they forgot that they had an, <laughs> that they had a, uh, a reservation. But that's okay. Things like that happens. But anyway, in the news today, um, Glenn Campbell, country singer Glenn Campbell, passed away. He was 81 years old. Yeah, I, I've I've been hearing and knowing of Glenn Campbell just about all my life, you know, and I'm really up there. But he was 81 years old, and uh, he was a country singer. I always, even though I wasn't a big fan or a great fan of Glenn Campbell, I've always respected what he did. You know, he was a singer. He was a country singer. He was an inter- entertainer. You know, he was a singer. He was a country. Uh, I'm repeating myself. But anyway, he was a, a, a entertainer, country singer. And um, he died from Alzheimer's. You know, he was lo- losing his memory and all that stuff. Maybe he's lost it. And basically, Alzheimer's is what killed him. And um, we're going to have a segment on the show on Alzheimer's because it is deadly just as cancer or heart attack or stroke. Alzheimer's can kill you. Colon cancer, you know lung cancer, liver cancer, 
you know, death is just so rotten. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, Jim, uh, not Jim, but um, Glenn Campbell passed away today. And um, he made 70 albums. Wow, that's a lot of albums. A lot of people are going to go, wow, I'm going to go, since he's passed away, we're going to go and listen to his music. You know, that's wrong. You should have been listening to it while, while he was alive. And he basically, 81, he basically, like so many other entertainers that, you know, pass away, they pass away doing what they love. I mean, they they go until the last day of their, uh, they go until the last, last breath of their body entertaining. Glenn Campbell, B.B. King, you, you name it. These people were, were entertaining on their deathbed. They were sick as hell, but they got up on stage and performed. They went out on tours performing, even though they were sick. The doctor told them not to do that. And, uh, yeah, uh, and they passed away doing what they were doing right up to the last moment. They worked right up to the last moment. And this is what they wanted to do. This is what they craved to do. A lot of people say, don't go back on, don't go back out on tour. You're too old. You have a problem. Don't go. Um, they go anyway. And, um, you know, he passed away. A lot of stars are gone. B.B. King is gone, as I just mentioned. You know, people, people go and they go uh, 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 at the last minute. They never stop working. It doesn't matter how the disease has progressed. But Glenn Campbell, he he went back out on the road. There was even a documentary uh, that he and his family had done while he was struggling with the disease in his late seventies and early eighties. He he did a documentary, and uh, one of the thing about Glenn Campbell, one of the things that I know about Glenn Campbell, he was not a songwriter. He made seventy albums, but he did not write not one song. He always did cover songs or he did songs that other people had wrote for him <coughs> excuse me which is not a problem but uh i mean if you can contrast that with john denver the late john denver uh, uh glenn campbell and john denver were friends you know and john was the first to go back in 1998 plane crash and um i believe uh um uh, Glenn Campbell gave a uh, uh, memorial to John Denver because they were on stage together. They sang together. They they may have even recorded together. Who knows? But anyway, Glenn Campbell is gone at the age of one country singer. I remember every time I see the movie True Grit with John Wayne, Glenn Campbell is right there. He, he is he is John Wayne's sidekick. He's very very young, okay, and but he is John Wayne's sidekick in the movie uh, True Grit. And it comes on television every now and then. And I, I do have it on video here in the studio. True get true grit with John Wayne and Glenn Campbell, who are both gone now. And uh, it's a pretty good movie. It, it, it's a movie where John Wayne won an Oscar for the first time. John Wayne made over 200, 250 movies. But True Grit is the first time John won an Oscar. And after he won the Oscar, he said, I should have put this patch on long ago. <laughs> patch over my eye. 
he had a patch over his eye. So he said, I should have put this patch over, patch on over, uh, uh, long ago because he probably was wondering why he didn't win an Oscar il- earlier for a lot of his movies from the 30s to the 40s. And it was something to realize that John Wayne, John Wayne started acting back in the 20s. Yeah, I mean, 1926, I think it was the first time he started acting in movies, in John Ford movies and other movies, back in 1926. So he, and he was a football player before he became an actor, John Wayne. All of this stuff is knowledge to me because, uh, you know, and John Wayne was nowhere, uh, was nowhere near the tough guy that he plays in the movie. John Wayne was like a Twinkie or something. He was, in real life he was, but in the movies he was always tough and rough and, you know, uh, telling people what to do or giving orders and stuff like that. But in real life, he was just a, a marshmallow. He, and he wasn't giving orders to anybody. He didn't even know how to give orders. Uh, you had to put a script in front of his face before he knew what he was going to say to anybody. But anyway, Glenn Campbell is gone, and we can only um, give our condolences to the Campbell family because um, he has six kids, and that's beautiful. He leaving, he's, he's leaving behind six children, um, a plethora of music, 70 albums, man. He's 70 albums. Wow. I mean, I think B.B. King left behind 50 albums. So these guys and girls, when they die off like this, after a long career in music, they leave behind an entire library of stuff that we can just listen to and enjoy. This is why, this is why sometimes I tell people, uh, especially seniors or, or even young people, leave something behind, leave a legacy behind. We're all going to die. It, it, it's not, it, it's inevitable. It's coming. Nobody's going to live forever. We're all going to go in one way or another, in one way or another, we're going to go. So, you know, try to leave something behind to say that, wow, Mary Smith was here. Don Johnson was here. Mac Brown was here. You know, leave something, leave a legacy, leave an imprint or a footprint behind so we can know that you've been here and that you've accomplished something while you were here. That's the best way I think people can. um, And that's the way people can always, somebody somewhere will always remember you because you've left a a footprint behind. And that's going to last for ages and ages and ages. That's if Donald Trump do not get us blown off the face of the earth. All right, you've been listening to <laughs> you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show, and uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I really do appreciate your time. It's 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 your time. It's it, it's the time that you've given to this show, and I do appreciate it. And I do appreciate everything. If you would like your product, service, or your book to be mentioned on the George Wilder Jr. Show twice a day, four days a week, (laughs) right here on the George Wilder Jr. Show, just email the show or email its host for more details. Thank you. My son uh, did the music to that promo. Uh, yeah, the background, he did the music. 
He is a musical phenomenon, especially when it comes to making music on the computer. He's a music phenomenon. That's about it. I mean, he did that promo, and I think he did another one that's on the show. And basically, they're in the same realm a genre, but it sounds great. That's why I used it, and that's why I have him uh, doing the music for the show because I want him to be... I want him to be actually a part of the show. I want him to have something to do with the show, even if I have to press him on it. Um, you know, you, sometimes you have kids, uh, you want them to follow in your footsteps, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, you want your kids to take up the mantle after you've gone. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's not going to happen because it's just, it isn't there. It's just not there. And that's the way it is with Denver. Um, but I try to get him involved with the show as much as I can. Uh, but that's not a lot, but anyway, uh, thanks for tuning into the George Wilder Jr. Show. Once again, my guest is Annette Round. Um, yeah, that's round, like R O U N D, round, Annette Round. That's that's <laughs> that's something. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, making the world a better place, one show at a time. Guess Annette Round. Be nice to one another. It is so easy. Be nice to one another out there, folks, and do not be yourselves, do not be depressed. And try not to be lonely because depression and loneliness, as I've said yesterday, yesterday on the show, are diseases and they are medical, medically deadly. They can kill you. Okay, hate has no home here. If you if you have hate in your heart, this is not the show for you. Uh, I mean, if you have malice in your heart, this is not the show for you. If you are a rotten person inside and out, <laughs> this is not the show for you. If you put the right heads together, you will come up with one ingredient, and that is a brilliant brain. All right, one more time. Hate has no home here. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Once again, here is Anna Navarro. Political commentator Anna Navarro and Matt Schlapp, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt, what do you do about this? Nobody likes to see these types of numbers, Chris, but I think it's important. We're at a point in politics where yeah, I, I didn't get a copy of this poll, so I haven't read it thoroughly. But if you look at the numbers of Congress, they're abysmal. If you look at the fact that we just had six Republican senators switch their vote on Obamacare approval, um, there's, there's great concern out there amongst Democrats and Republicans. You have a lot of Democrats who are looking at this strategy of hashtag resistance, and they know that's not a good strategy. But if you're the president and you're looking at these numbers, you know that you've got to steady the ship on these messages that come out of the White House, and you have to make sure that you're pushing back on false stories about what their agenda is. And number one, you've got to get accomplishments through Congress. You've got to repeal Obamacare, and you've got to get a big tax package done. So how does the president lift his own credibility by uh, attacking the others, uh, the credibility of others, Anna? I don't think it's about attacking the credibility of others. I think the solution is very simple. Start telling the truth. Start telling the American people the truth.
taking your job seriously, stop making things up, stop exaggerating, stop outright lying, and then repeating it over and over and over again. And I think the people around him, instead of justifying it, instead of spinning it, instead of defending it, need to tell him, you are no longer the, uh, the, the host of The Apprentice. You're not a used car salesman. You are the president of the United States, and the American people deserve to have to believe you at some point. You, you know, look, Matt worked at the Bush White House. He was there during, 90, you know, we had 9-11, we had Katrina. In this country of 300 plus million people of 50 states, at some point, we're going to have a grave, natural, or man-made disaster. We need to believe our president when he stands behind that podium and speaks to us. And today, Donald Trump has no credibility because he's been president for 200 days, and he has lied practically every single one of those days. Matt Schlapp, do you think the president can change? Oh, well, I disagree with this whole premise uh, that he's not uh, truthful. I disagree with what Anna said there. I actually think we have a very polarized country. We are divided on almost every major issue. And there are people that really despise Donald Trump, that they hate him. And there are big sections of this country that are rooting for him. Let me tell you about the people who are rooting for him, Chris. They don't like everything about him. And they don't like politicians generally. And they don't like it when uh, things don't get done in Congress. And the president's going to, you know, bear some of the responsibility for that. But the part of Trump, uh, of President Trump, that great sections of this country do like is that he is authentic. He does tell you what he thinks. He doesn't, he doesn't put a fine polish on everything. He says it very bluntly. And but how do you like square that fight. with three out of four people thinking he's lying? Well, Chris, like I said, I haven't delved into your poll. I, all I will tell you is you've got to take some responsibility all of us do on the coverage of this when you call the president a liar or other people do for 200 days which i think even even on climate change to hear the coverage to say that people like me who are skeptics over the idea that man is causing the globe to put itself in a position where it's so warm that uh, human life will not be able to be sustained. I'm a skeptic of that. I'm not a liar on You're that issue. You're also not a scientist. I'm a skeptic. And when you have 13 so agencies are. and scientists from no. the government saying something and they're worried Chris, about being suppressed, it's a credibility Chris, issue. I want you and that's to why three that out of four wrong. people say they don't trust the it's, White House. It, it's wrong for people in the media to say that on issues of abortion, on climate change, on the, on the, on the, How on is the abortion and climate change the same thing, Matt? It's about science. And guess what? You're wrong on the science. Many of you who, uh, who believe that people on the pro-life side aren't looking at the science of it, come on. The science on, is on my side on the unique It's not about science. It's about ethics, religion, child. and morality no, is what, what abortion is, is about. It's not about science. There's a political difference. In, just because someone's on the other side... Please don't call him a liar. How I think can, that's but who's not call, helping look, the country. See, it, it has, this, hold on a second, Anna. Hold something? on a second. Because I get a lot of this. You like to throw a label on something you don't like. I get it. Politically persuasive. But it's also BS a lot of the time, Matt. I don't, Nobody's I don't know what making means. abortion about science. I've not, I haven't even bring up abortion the issue. Abortion is about science. You did. Abortion, the idea of when life begins... Guess it's what? Science. Nobody it's knows. Science. You can believe no, it begins at conception. Right. You can begin no. to believe 40 days after See, Chris, the way the Jews do. This is the you can believe in viability. There is no, an no, unknown component to it. That's no, not what not. the science each, is behind climate change. Life, Matt, you, they're not each, the same thing. The science of when okay. life begins is unquestionable. And the question on climate change, actually, there's a great diversity on the science. And we, ha we do have political disagreements. 
But I think it's wrong in this country when we call people who have a contrary position a liar, and that's what's dominating the right, coverage. That, Anna, that's a, a fair point. That is, that is just, Anna, that's a fair that point that if you just because you disagree, you call someone a liar. I agree with Matt. D disagreement doesn't mean somebody's lying, somebody's telling the truth. But that's no, also no. not the case with a lot of these issues, especially when it comes to climate science. Listen, you know, um, Matt is very able, and we are now chasing this rabbit and talking about abortion and policy disagreements. This is not about policy disagreements. You don't call somebody a liar because they disagree with you on, you know, one policy issue or another. It's about the three to five million illegal immigrants he lied about. It's about the crowds of the inaugural he lied about. It's about no he coverage of North Korea when it was being covered as he exactly. tweeted it. It's about the it's, birther it's, thing. Yeah, there's a pattern here, Matt, and you know it. It's not that I people disagree with his heartfelt beliefs about abortion or about climate you, science. Let me give some on this, okay? I think it's a very fair criticism. I think your question, the poll said that people are dubious about some of the things they hear coming out of the White House. It's a big, overwhelming number. I'll give you that's a, no, nothing anybody who works in a White House wants to see. And I think some of the communications chaos that has come out of the White House, White House over the last six months that was front and center with the White House press briefing, I don't think that helped things. And I think the president and his team have to be awfully careful with how they characterize things, because people are listening and people are watching. But I do think that we're in a big fight. We're in a big political fight in this country. There are divides. Anna and I are both Republicans. We have a strong disagreement on the Trump agenda. I'm totally for the President Trump and his agenda. I want it to pass. I think it's going to make America better. As we fight, Let's have a fair fight on a disagreement on the issues. I think President Obama was wrong on a lot of things. I think it was wrong for Loretta Lynch to use an alias in her email. I think that was duplicitous. Yeah, I just There's don't a lot see of the, things. I, I just see the legitimacy of your premise. Nobody's coming at President Trump because Anna Navarro of what he believes about abortion. I don't even think we know for That's sure right. what he does believe about listen, abortion. Listen, That's not or right. what it is no, about no, climate people, science. It's about his ability to tell you, the truth about anything. You just anything. said that the administration no, was that. going so you, to look, You're trying to make the, this segment Anna. about something that is completely not about. No, no, you talk you and talk are. and talk. You no, just no, want you've to tried to make this about abortion. You've tried to make it about science. That's not about what it is. It's about the fact that the president of the United States goes out and lies either by Twitter or in person daily. Last week, he told us he had phone calls he did not have with people who did not call him on the phone, who he claimed told him things they did not tell him. That is a lie. Some of you may choose to believe alternate facts and live in an alternate universe. Some of I us don't. choose to believe in a factual universe let's just do this the one thing i would say is the following which is i think hold the president accountable hold the white house accountable i don't have any problem with that but let's be awfully careful when you throw around the word lie on all these positions that the president and the people who support give us an example taking. of the because president being called a liar do, where it's unfair matt i watched i listened to cnn on the drive-in chris mm -hmm. and i heard you characterize those folks that are critics on climate change as lying about the science. And I think you should take that back. I don't think that's accurate. There's a great diversity of views from scientists, true climatologists, not just people with PhDs who are liberal professors across this country or people embedded in the bureaucracy. We ought to have a real discussion on these things. Yes, I'm not a scientist and neither are you. Matt, it's just, but we ought to be it's careful just with throwing away the term. misleading. I'll say it again. That's okay? the same and thing as a lie. I'll say that it again. A, that's no, a synonym. What you're saying, no, 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 well, look, call it what you want. I, I see the definition as of lying as being pretty, uh, pretty plain. 
a factual inaccuracy done with intention to deceive. That's the best definition of lying that I know. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And I do thank everybody for listening and tuning in and telling everybody about the show. I do appreciate your time and I do have uh, respect for your time because you don't have to take time out of your show to listen to this show, but you do. And I do greatly appreciate that. I want to thank you again for that. And I want to thank you for all the things that you say about the show. And if you do like the show, always tell other people. <laughs> that would be nice. Tell other people about the George Wilder Jr. show and making the world a better place, you know. Okay, what we got next? Let's see. What time is it? 629? All right, 628 in some places. All right, it says here, I'm looking at Huffington Post, and it says here, Trump advisor suggests uh, – Minnesota mosque attack. There was a mosque attack, uh, I guess, against Muslims in Minnesota. Could have been faked by the left. Uh, by the left, I'm, I'm assuming he means Democrats, liberals. Um, what do you have to say when, when somebody says something like, ludicrous like that? I don't know why a lot of these talk shows and television shows have these nuts on their show sprouting hate sprouting just hate you know that's all it is all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show let's go to the phones ladies and gentlemen all right you're on the george wilder jr show right ahead go ahead annette all righty they hung up folks I must have, I probably said the wrong name. I guess I am expecting Annette Round on the show. Uh, maybe I've said the wrong uh, uh, thing and uh, maybe she didn't like something on the show, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, maybe she'll call back. Maybe she won't. Who knows? Who cares? All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Okay. Trump advisor suggests Minnesota mosque attack could have been faked by the left. Okay. By the left, this person is probably is probably talking about uh, uh, Democrats. I mean, and I'll say it again. I don't know how some of these folks actually get on some of these talk shows and get on some of these uh, cable network shows, talk shows on television, and just say these awful, crazy things on the radio. They say these awful, crazy things on the radio and on television, and they have no truth to them. And this is Fox News. I don't know where Fox pick, pick up these people, get these people to come on their show to say ridiculous things. But there's no doubt about it. A lot of people say ridiculous things on the air, and you never heard of them. You never, you never heard of them. You don't even know anything about them. But And that, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people say a lot of ridiculous things when they get on uh, uh, when they get a microphone in front of them or they're on the phone or they're calling or they're a guest on a show here or there and they see a lot of ridiculous things that are not true and, 
And one of the reasons for them saying some of these ridiculous and obnoxious and obscene things, lies, is that they are trying to get noticed. You say enough ignorant things, enough things that are not true, enough things that are not factual, enough things that are hate, hate-based and race-baited, uh, race bait. You say enough of these things, and you're gonna get attention for it. And you, you, know, and that's one of the criterias for saying something dumb on television or in the media or somewhere where you're gonna get covered for it, coverage for it. And you know, because if you didn't say something dumb, if this person, he or she, didn't say something dumb, stupid, and totally inaccurate and and gross, they wouldn't have got the coverage that they are now getting for this stupid comment or whatever it might be. So a lot of people, they know what they're doing. They know they're not as famous as some people and they need to, and somehow they need to get their name out there. So what they, what do they do? They have the opportunity to go on somebody's show and, or to make news in some kind of way. So they say something totally, totally obnoxious, hateful, racist, uh, benign or whatever. And they get uh, coverage because of that. And a lot of people do it, purposely do it. And then they'll say, well, I apologize. And some people will not apologize. They'll just double down, triple down on saying stupid things because they know saying stupid stuff, ignorant stuff, crazy, th crazy stuff is going to get them some coverage. Uh, you know, going to make them famous, you know, <laughs> in some sort of way. So that's probably what happened. OK, yeah, I mean, that's that that's probably what happens when some of these people get on television and lie through their teeth or say something that's hateful and obnoxious just for attention. You get a lot of people out here who say things and even do things just for attention, just to be seen, just to be heard. And no matter how dumb and stupid and ignorant and crazy it is. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We'll see if Annette is going to call back in or if she's going to be here at all. She may not be because things do happen on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Once again, I want to appreciate everybody who has uh, stuck with me uh, for almost three years. And I want to appreciate that. And I want to say once again, um, this show is not about you feeling depressed. This show is not about you feeling lonely. This show is your friend. The George Wilder Jr. Show is your friend. If you want a friend. Some people don't want them. I don't want no friend. I want to be by myself. But if you want a friend, this show is your friend. The George Wilder Jr. Show is your friend. During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her criti critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But 
If she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She's the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized, but Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who, honest to God, believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems you do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. That's what you need to learn. But honestly, I don't think you ever will. You're very happy being a, a, a stooge for Donald Trump. You have no problem going out in the media and just literally making things up. It must be nice to live in a world where you don't have to bother with things like research. You can just immediately go out there, say whatever you want. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. You don't care. You just move on to the next interview. While the rest of us have to pick up the pieces and undo the damage that you cause every time you put your face in front of a well, wow, that's telling her, right? <laughs> that was telling her. Okay, everybody knows Kellyanne Conway. She's, like he said, uh, uh, the Ring of Fire uh, announcer, like, as he said. Um, she is a stooge for Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. And she's out there lying for him every day. Anyway, uh, I'm looking at something that says Letterman, um, David Letterman of The Night Show. He's back on television. Wow. He has a uh, new Netflix show, David Letterman. He's back on television, a uh, Netflix show. Uh, you know, a lot of people are uh, who are once on television, they either end up on Netflix or YouTube or something or their own little Internet show. It, it, it's phenomenal. You got Keith Overman, one of my Oberman, one of my favorites. I used to watch and listen to him when he was years ago, years ago, when he was on MSNBC. But now he's he, he has this little webcast that he calls The Resistance, and he is more popular than ever before. I mean, you've got people who have these web shows, uh, whether it's Netflix or YouTube or, or some other web show. 
and they're not beholding to anybody, no corporation, no bosses, no supervisors. They are their own bosses. They are their own supervisors. And uh, that's great. Even the George Wilder Jr. show, I, I, this is my web show. Nobody tells me what to do or how to do it or when to do it or, or what guests or what guests not to have on the show or to eliminate that person and use that person. I make my own decisions here. I make every decision uh, there is on the George Wilder Jr. show. I'm the producer, the director, the announcer, the star. I'm everything. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're becoming internet stars or radio stars without even ever having to have been on television. I've had people ask me to be on TV. I've had people ask me to, uh, if I wanted to do traditional radio, I turn it all down. I said, why would I want to go and do another radio show all around me watching where I can do my own show and there's only me who is, you know, is there. Why would I give up this radio, uh, what I'm doing here, to go to work for somebody else where I'm going to have supervisors and managers all breathing down my neck? When here, the only person, the only person that's critical of me on this particular show is myself, George Wilder Jr. And that's what a lot of people are doing, especially if they find out they have the talent to do something to show something, to give something, and you can become an internet star uh, and becoming an internet star or a radio or a radio podcast star. It depends on you and what you're offering and what you're giving out to people and what you're throwing out there to people. So it's, it's, it's very easy, but you got to figure out that you can do it. Some people can't do it. That's why they don't do it. Most people who can do it, all, all they need is a, 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 uh, a format where they can produce these type of things in. Uh, uh, yeah, anybody can do it. I mean, get your webcast, put it out there. If you're on Facebook, <laughs> you, you've uh, done a lot already because if you're on Facebook, you've got a lot of friends already and you can always invite your friends over to your YouTube, um, your U YouTube video, you know, or, or whatever video you may have on the web. And, you know, you get people watching uh, your YouTube video and then they will tell other people about your YouTube video and they will tell other people. Uh, it just grows and grows and grows and grows. That way you don't have to worry about, well, I've never been on TV. I want to be on TV. Make your own web video and put it on the on, put it on YouTube and get, you know, five million, ten million looks. Go viral, you know, so it's very easy. You don't need TV, you know. I mean, all you need is a video camera, a good one, <laughs> a good one. And you also need talent. I mean, you have people singing and dancing on in YouTube videos. It's cute. Playing guitar, playing piano. I mean, you can download just about any type of music you want to, you, that you want, you know, whatever you listen to, Beethoven, Mozart. James Brown, <laughs> Glenn Campbell, or, uh, you know, The Temptations, or whatever you want to do, uh, Jackie Wilson. You can just about download any kind of music, Beatles, Rolling Stones, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, some of my favorites, um, 
it's all on it's all on uh youtube and you can you know use these type of uh songs into your video incorporate these type of things into your video so you know i mean there's always ways for you to become famous and and let me get back to david letterman who is returning to television in a netflix show let's see i'm gonna click on it and see what it says and i'm gonna let you guys know i'm on huffington post so if you really want to go and check this out you can it's on huffington post it says david letterman is returning to television with a brand new netflix show and everybody wanted to see uh, david letterman we don't know why david letterman and jay leno who are who both are some of my favorite entertainers and talk show hosts why did why did they leave there is no way jimmy fallon is better than jay leno jimmy fallon i don't know what jimmy fallon i mean he always he's always playing games and goofing off and trying to make people laugh some of this stuff is just childish immature of what he does jay leno in my estimation he was more adult he was more of an adult, and I'm always a I'm I'm a big fan of Jay Leno. I am not a fan of Jimmy Fallon. You know, I'm I'm not putting down Jimmy Fallon's fans. I know there's a lot of you guys out there, and a lot of you are beautiful and things like that. But I'm just saying, talking about me personally, I'm a Jay Leno fan. I mean, I hated that he left television, and I'm more of a David Letterman fan than I am a Stephen Colbert fan. You know, maybe you can call me old school, probably. Stephen Colbert is pretty, I think he's funnier and more interesting than um, uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I really do. I think he's more fun, more interesting than Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, and Jimmy Kendall. All of these guys are on these late night shows. You know, Jimmy Kendall, I think, is a lot funnier, not more interesting than Jimmy Fallon. Now, Jimmy Fallon is probably the third or fourth on my list. And they have been, I mean, the producers of the show, they have been really in his ass about the uh, ratings to the show. So they're trying anything, the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show, trying anything to raise ratings, <laughs> you know, because the ratings are down. I think Jimmy Kendall is beating Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Stephen Colbert, Tonight Show, defeating Jimmy Fallon. Okay, so we got, uh, but, you know, I'm going to take it back. If, like I said before, I'm a uh, David Letterman and Jay Leno type of a guy, okay? And, uh, but if I was to say, if, if I was to say who was my favorite Tonight Show host, it would probably be, probably be, I don't know, Jimmy Kimball. Uh, that would probably be my favorite. Okay, let's get back to David Letterman is returning to television and Netflix. If if I can get this stupid computer to, to do the right thing, <laughs> folks, you're going to have to give me a break. This computer is not giving me a break. So um, we're going to have to see what's happening. It won't, you know how your computer freezes up on you? And then after it freezes up on you, it just goes completely out. And uh, I have about three or four computers here. Uh, sometimes they don't act right. And it's not that um, 
the model or make of the computer. It's just that uh, things happen. Okay, we have been thrown out of Huffington Post. Can we get back? Uh, no, we cannot get back. We're going to have that uh, because I'm curious. I wonder why uh, Jimmy Fallon is on his way back to TV, which I think it's a great thing. Not Jimmy Fallon, but but David Letterman. Uh, I think it's great. You know what? And another thing, if he comes back to television, he's going to have to cut off that beard. Uh, he looks like a homeless man down on Skid Row with that beard. I mean, he could walk down the street right now. Nobody would recognize him with that beard. Nobody would recognize him. Nobody would care about recognizing recognizing him. Nobody would even see him or pay him any attention. That beard looks awful. I'm pretty sure they told him, if you want to come back to television, David Letterman, you're going to have to shave. <laughs> Truly. Uh, but anyway, I welcome him back to TV. I really do. Um, Jay Leno is back on television. I'm, I'm hoping he still is. I haven't uh, heard anything that he's been canceled or that he's off. He has, a, a, I believe, a cable show called Jay Leno's Garage. Yeah, I've seen, um, I'm, I haven't seen the show in its entirety, but I've seen, seen clips of it, previews of it. And it's not The Tonight Show, but uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's Jay Leno back doing what he uh, loves doing, and that's making people laugh. So it's called Jay Leno's Garage. I don't know what cable channel that it's on. I'm not uh, privy to that. At least I'm, you know, I don't care to be privy to that. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm a Jay, Jay Leno fan, you know, regardless. Regardless, I'm a fan. So if you are a fan of Jay Leno, um, he has a show on cable somewhere. Jay Leno's Garage. Check it out. Check it out. Research it. I'm pretty sure it's there. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Okay. I'm going to have to change the marquee. Um, okay. We're going to do this while I change the marquee. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard. Fighting non-violently. All right, we are back on the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in and listening. I want to thank everybody for telling people uh, about the show. I mean, that is awesome. That is awesome. Anytime you want to be on the show, you're out there. You know, this show is for regular people. This show is not like Meet the Press or any of those other political shows that uh, seem to cater only to politicians, the George Wilder Jr. Show caters to only grassroots, everyday American people. That's the way. <laughs> that's the way it should be. And I, I've I've uh, criticized a lot of those Sunday shows on the show who come on and lie through their teeth, try to fool and pull the blanket over the, the American public eyes, their eyes, our eyes, actually. It's just phenomenal how these people try to um, to do that. Some of them get away with it because people people are so naive. They'll buy anything. You know, these people look good. They sound good. Oh, I'm going to vote for that person. I've said this a thousand times. You don't, a million times probably, you don't vote for people who look good, sound good, and, and act as, as if they're going to be your savior, you don't do that because once they get into office, they turn their backs on you and they work against you. As been proven by the last six or seven months with Donald Trump, you know, and some of the representatives in Congress, Republicans, these people are out for themselves. They're out for, out for their own party. They're not out for you, even though you gave them their job. You gave them the, their health care. Anyway, here is... Here is Ashley Judd. I mean, she is just one phenomenal lady. And I am a fan of Ashley Judd. I mean, I got a couple of her movies around here. Uh, but uh, she's, I think she should win an Oscar for this. All right, watch out for the bad language now. <laughs> Some bad language. Take the kids out of the room, all right? Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judge she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. 
If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what? You're right. I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt. I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist, who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalize the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob, this vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night 
that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone because my chief advisor said, please don't. The rain of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women. And for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up, the limbic system gets fired, we lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people girls, our girls, our boys are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom. And that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us. Our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. 
I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds, attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. Okay. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child and so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it, and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few, and of course I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy, and clearly it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. The global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard, and guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there. In 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? 
our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. Uh-oh. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence as it is happening 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Judd on the George Wilder Jr. show. I just love having her. She's just phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> she's made a lot of movies, but, um, you know, this is great. This is great what she does every now and then comes out and she speaks, gives her talk. She does a great job of edit. She bet she never won an Oscar. What is my favorite Ashley Judd movie? I don't know. It'll probably be with the, the one with Jim Cavill. If you know what that one is, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but... All right, Donald Trump has threatened North Korea. I mean, he said something that a lot of people are are actually uh, complaining about, and there's a backlash on it. Donald Trump threatens North Korea with fire and fury. A lot of people are saying that's wrong. I've heard, I, I saw Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, in a clip, and he said this very thing. He says, North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. Now, what kind of crap is that? North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. You sound like a five-year-old kid. Uh, I actually think Donald Trump is a coward, but he's a dangerous son of a gun. Uh, he's got these investigations going on, and now he's trying to distract us with this. And it is a distraction. Donald Trump is the king of distractions. He needed something to get us from to get us to take our minds off the many investigations into his family, into his Russia uh, involvement and Russia's meddling in the 2016 election. So he's going to come up with 
uh, bombing, uh, threatening and bombing to wipe North Korea off the map. And a lot of people are saying, why doesn't he use diplomacy first? Why doesn't he use more sanctions to cripple the country? You know, that's that's the norm. But Donald Trump wants to bomb them to he wants to bomb North Korea off the off the map. There's no doubt. He wants to bomb them off the map to make us forget about these investigations that will chew his ass, get his ass out of, maybe get his butt out of office. Excuse me for my bad language, but Donald Trump's, you know, and his surrogates, you know, make it that way. And uh, this is, this is bad, folks. This is really bad. We may be in a war with North Korea because of Donald Trump's uh, inept remarks inept at best. North Korea, you know, um, they are a small country and they're, these nukes, uh, you know, Donald Trump threatens North Korea with fire and fury. You know, he has been very threatening beyond, uh, you know, whatever. Giving an ultimatum. Uh, it, it's online, folks. You, you can read about this. You, It's all over the news. It's all over everywhere. So, you know, I have to talk about it, at least for us sparingly moment here and a few hours after trump's news conference north korea official kcna news agencies carried a series of statements from military spokesmen responding to tr president trump's rhetoric using bombastic language typical uh, a spokesman's claim that carefully examining plans to launch missiles at the u.s island territory of guam you know i mean yeah i mean we're gonna be bombed to smithereens and donald trump wants it donald trump would love to have a bomb fall on the united states so so we can forget all about his uh russian investigation this is what donald trump wants he wants to take our mind off, mind off this. And if Donald Trump wants, if Donald Trump gets the United States in a uh, war, well, then there goes the. Uh, my thinking is there goes the investigation. He's done something successful, you know. So uh, he he's a dangerous guy. He's a dangerous guy right now. People were predicting that Donald Trump will take our minds off this investigations by threatening to bomb uh, North Korea off the face of the map or North, North Korea bombs the United States off the face of the earth. And it looks like something's happening. And a lot of people are criticizing Donald Trump for this type of rhetoric. So for this, for this type of threat, this is war. He doesn't threaten anybody like that. This is Donald Trump. He's threatening a country, a small country, a country where he can cripple the country without bombing and without uh, uh, all of this nasty talk. But, you know, that's what he's doing. He's getting the United States involved in a war. We lost a war in Vietnam. Vietnam was a, was a phenomenally smaller country than the United States. Now we're getting in one with North Korea. But instead of... Uh, uh, guns, they're going to be using nuclear weapons, missiles pointing toward uh, Chicago, pointing Hawaii, 
you know, this is crazy. Donald Trump should use diplomacy and he should use uh, the power of sanctions. That would cripple that country to its knees. But he's got to say, we're going to bomb you. Uh, we're going to blow you up. In so many ways, he's saying that with this fire and fury thing. Fire and fury. That means he's going to be bombing the hell out of North Korea. There's no other way of saying it, and which is wrong, which is totally wrong. Donald Trump is going to get us all blown to freaking hell. And then his minions, his goons, his thugs, his stooges are going to come from everywhere to tell everybody that it's best for America. There's over 100 countries in the world. Why in the hell does America have to take the lead in a confrontation like this? There's always peaceful means for anything. Peaceful means talking. But as long as Donald Trump comes, as long as the kinds of words comes out of Donald Trump's mouth are vicious, angry, hateful, and fighting words, what do you think that's going to do to the other country on the other side of those words? They're going to get pissed off. Any, I mean, now the United States is not safe. We're not safe. We could wake up tomorrow and be bombed out, you know, blasted out. Uh, you know, we're not safe now. It, Donald Trump has made this country unsafe with his speaking off the cuff, speaking stupidly, speaking arrogantly, speaking like a dictator, speaking like a speaking like Hitler. It's just crazy the way what this man has done to this country, and he's continuing to do it. People uh, at his side agreeing with what he's doing. The hate in America surpasses the hate of the civil rights movement of the 60s, the civil rights movement of the 50s. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and all these great civil rights leaders back in the day this has surpassed that in so many ways. We need a leader like Martin Luther King to come out and just start, you know, uh, uh, speaking and talking and, and just representing the people because we don't have that now. A lot of people are disappointed in Obama. They wanted Obama to be that, but Obama, yeah, Obama's not going to, Obama's afraid. Like any other liberal, he's soft, he's afraid, and, uh, it's not going to happen. But somebody needs to come out from the shadows and take the lead on this. We don't have a Martin Luther King anymore. We don't have a Malcolm X. We don't have a Megar Evers or a Fannie, uh, Fannie Lou Hanner. We don't have those folks here anymore. All the great leaders that were a part of the um, civil rights movement of the late 50s and the 60s. We don't have that anymore. And we need that now more than ever. Country, our right, our happiness, the Statue of Liberty, all of this stuff is at stake with these people in the White House. And, and a lot of these folks are in uh, Congress aiding and abetting Trump, Donald Trump. And, and he's going to get us blown completely off the face of the earth. 
and he's doing it to try to get us to to get us not to think about the investigations that are going on uh, seriously and forcefully. And uh, he's going to do anything he can to get take our minds off of this. And he's doing it right now. He didn't have to threaten this country like that. There's other means of, of, of uh, punishing North Korea for these things. There's other means not talking like you are uh, uh, gonna bomb them right. Uh, gonna you go, you're gonna annihilate the country with dropping bombs on everybody, women, kids, and and old men, and you know things like that. Families. It's gonna be a lot of collateral damage in in um, situations like that. He doesn't think before he talks. He reminds me of my son. He doesn't think before he opens his mouth. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to his. Um, generals he doesn't listen to anybody he comes out and just says what he says and then he comes out and then he comes out there oh trump was joking you think they're going to come out the next day after trump says fire and fury on north korea the next day they're going to come out what well, he was joking it might happen this is the trump administration every time trump says something dumb and stupid even though he means it it comes uh, it's not a joke when it comes out of his mouth, but the reaction and the blowback and the backlash that he gets from saying some of these things, then his surrogates come out. Oh, Trump was just joking. He didn't mean it. You don't. Trump never jokes. What comes out of his mouth comes out of his mouth. He may have been demented when he said it. He may have been uh, uh, going nuts when he said it, but it. it he meant it when he said it. And it's wrong. It's totally wrong. So, folks, get ready. We might be in a war. Uh, we got Donald Trump. Donald Trump, he may think that this war is going to take our minds off the investigations that are going forward and that are gaining, uh, gaining steam, I want to And we knew Donald Trump was going to come up with some kind of distraction because he always does. Because he can't stand these investigations. He's that he has incriminated himself more than you and I could ever know. I mean, he just flat out and said, come out flat out and said, I'm guilty. But stop the investigation. He wants to fire Robert Mueller. He wants to fire Jeff Sessions. But he knows if he fires those guys, he, his ass is really going to be in a knot. He knows it. That's why he hasn't fired them. Hell, Donald Trump would like to fire Mike Pence because he feels Mike Pence is after his job. Whether he gets impeached or whether 2020, he figured Mike Pence is after his job. And Mike Pence have uh, recently stated that he doesn't want to be president. He doesn't want Donald Trump's job. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. If you believe that, who wouldn't want to be president if they had the chance to be president and they are presidential? Who wouldn't want to be president? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, folks. Let's, let's hope and pray we are not in a war. But uh, it all looks that way. Hopefully somebody somewhere can calm Trump down 
his rhetoric down, his warm words down with North Korea, whom uh, uh, we can disable them by sanctions. And we don't need a war. If they're doing something wrong, just disable them so they don't have the money or the funds or the means to do these kinds of things. You don't have to spew hate like is like what is going on. We don't have to do that. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses. Bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man If he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man If he turns back away Heaven help the man Who kicks the man as a crawl